Well, hey guys, good morning and welcome to The Bench. It might not actually be morning wherever you are listening to this from, but we are glad that you are joining us today. The Bench is Mercy Church's podcast where we discuss content, topics, and themes that we didn't get to in the sermon on Sunday because quite simply, we just ran out of time. So today I am joined by Pastor Spence. I'm your host, Jessica Murray. Pastor Spence, say hello. Hey, good morning. It is Monday morning because that's when the ideas are freshest right off the sermon. So that's when we try and record it. But uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, to the 35 people out there who listened to last week's episode, you guys were the first ever Thanks for jumping in. We are so appreciative that you took the time to listen We hope that this continues to be beneficial to you, especially as we continue through Song of Solomon. Yeah. (laughs) Quite a lot of topics here. Yeah, there are a lot of topics. So let's just dive right in, Pastor Spence. Yesterday we talked about godly manhood. Mm -hmm. And so on your bench, you've got a couple of things here. But actually, before we dive in, do you want to give people like a, a one sentence recap what was yesterday's sermon about? Yeah, yesterday was looking at Song of Solomon chapter one. What is a godly man? We're looking at the man and the woman interacting. And the summary I would give would be the the definition of manhood that I, I gave a couple of times. So a godly man is one who rejects passivity, accepts responsibility, leads courageously, and anticipates or expects God's greater reward. Yeah, absolutely. So for any of the men out there who are listening and after yesterday's sermon, might just be feeling guilt right. or shame or just conviction. But, you know, along with conviction sometimes comes difficult emotions that yeah. that we're walking through. What would be your word of advice as men are thinking through what you preached on and mm-hmm. how they're processing it this week in their time with the Lord and yeah. also in a community group? What would be a word of advice of how they can process that well? Well, first, I would just affirm processing it in community uh, and not alone. Secondly, and this, um, I'm just going to say, I know it as a guy, but every guy is different, just like every person is different. But what I've noticed is when I try and pursue change as a Christian in light of truth that I've heard, so in light of a sermon or studying the Bible, whatever, there's two ways that that can happen. Um, If you think of change, like trying to bend a metal bar, this is an illustration I've heard that's helped me a lot. Um, There's guilt and shame. What guilt and shame does is it just tries to bend the bar as it is, and it starts to bend a little bit just out of sheer strength. Mm -hmm. That's what guilt and shame do is they force you to just try harder, try harder, try harder. And you might actually bend the bar for a little bit, but over time you're going to get tired Mm -hmm. and you're going to let go. And that bar is just either going to snap or it's going to just go right back to the way that it was. So that pressure is going to cause you to just break and you're just going to not be the person like depression, anxiety, all these like real things caused by an attempt at spiritual change. Or you're going to get bored, tired, frustrated. You're just going to go back to your old ways. Uh, What I heard was the difference between guilt and shame and changing through the power of the gospel. The gospel, what God does in the announcement of the gospel is that he changes you from within. And to use the metal bar illustration, he heats up the bar. And when the bar is heated up, then you can reshape it And it can be formed into something different and stay that way. And so what I'm hoping is that the way that we approach manhood is saying, hey, be reshaped through God's love for you. Don't try and just change. Abide in God's love. That'll heat up your heart, which will then lead you to the kind of change that will be lasting in your life. Yeah. And I think yesterday in the sermon, you even challenged our men to spend 20 minutes 
a day, right. just wake up earlier, spend 20 minutes yeah. with the Lord. And that's where that heart change can begin to happen. And also if you're listening to this out there and you're a man um, and you're looking for community, we do have community groups here at Mercy Church. And those are smaller gatherings of Mercy members and attendees throughout the week. And so you can actually go to mercycharlotte.com slash groups and find yeah. a community group to be a part of, especially during this series while we're processing just things like this. It could be really helpful to have that gospel-centered community. Very helpful. Yes. I mean, <laughs> very helpful. helpful. Do this in community. Do this with brothers. Yeah. Uh, locked arms together. Uh, let's struggle together. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, on to our next thing. I know I was wondering this during the sermon, so I'm sure there are probably other people that were wondering as well, why did you not include verses 12 through 14? You just skipped right over them in the sermon. Okay, well, a couple of things. One, we're going to go through this chapter again this coming weekend as we talk about uh, the woman, all right? Uh, but se- And this is one of those things, guys. It's a great example of why we do this podcast because we just can't put everything in one sermon. And, uh, you know, 12 through 14, this is the woman talking about her king He's on his couch. My perfume releases its fragrance. The one I love is a sachet of myrrh to me, spending the night between my breasts. The one I love is a cluster of henna blossoms to me in the vineyards of Engedi. Yes, getting more sensual again as she's mm-hmm. talking about him. But that sachet of myrrh, this is just a, uh, I'll say it probably this weekend, but it's just kind of an oriental um, custom that was passed down for thousands of years where this little sachet would just stay overnight um, on the woman's chest and there would be perfume in there would be released overnight. So then the rest of the day that she would go around, she would have this pleasing scent. And what she's saying is two things. She wants him to be there, but also that he is like that myrrh and that he makes her better, okay. right? When she's with him and around him, that kind yeah. of thing. And what is in Getty? We might talk about that next week. I tell you what, let's, it's it's an oasis in the desert, <laughs> and that's all I'll give you for now okay. because it's just going to be great for this coming week. Okay, absolutely. Well, I know there was another verse that really, um, it's in your bench, and it's one that I've heard you, especially when leading men, talk about a lot before. First um, Timothy 4. Yeah. Uh, seven and eight, I believe. So yep. yeah, if you want to go ahead and just... Yeah, so this one I've used with guys so many times, maybe just because it's been so formative to me, maybe it's because the, some of the guys that I've discipled or whatever, uh, it connects with them, but train yourself in godliness for the training of the body has limited benefit. But godliness is beneficial in every way since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Uh, it's great that you train your body. Uh, that's what's saying. There's there's limited, there's some benefit and it's good. You treat your body as a temple. That's good. God has given that to you. It's a good discipline. I try to practice that discipline too. But since you can't muscle your way into heaven, it makes no sense to be more committed to the gym than it does to Jesus or to whatever. If, if your thing is not like, you know, working out, whatever that other thing is that might have some benefit and bring some benefit to your life. If that's at the expense of walking with Christ and of training yourself in godliness, man, cut it out and replace it with godliness because that actually that other thing will do you harm if it's at the expense of walking with the Lord. So if you tell me you can't spend 20 minutes with the Lord each day, but you can spend an hour in the gym, mm-hmm. I would just say that that's a problem. Yeah. And I, and it's a problem again, not out of guilt and shame guys. It's a problem because man, the time you spend with the Lord is forming you so much. And the absence of that time is also forming you. Yeah. That actually, brings up another point you mentioned 
um, early on in the sermon, you were actually speaking to women at this point, but speaking speaking to idols and things that we put at a higher priority than God, you had uh, given advice to women just not to make Jesus the, or sorry, to make Jesus the end all be all, not That's to right. make their husbands Jesus. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. There's just a, I hope that that's heard charitably and not the wrong way. Um, what I hope you hear is if we try and put one another up on a, hey, I'm not going to date you or I, let's say we're married. I'm going to be disappointed in you unless you are exactly like Jesus. That's just, uh, that's that's unhealthy. Um, the way I heard Kathy Keller describe a good way to look at a potential spouse and even as you're in marriage is um, like a sculptor looks at a raw block of marble mm-hmm. and says, you know what? I know you're not there yet, but I can see the sculpture that God is going to mold you into. And I want to be a part of that. And so I'm starting to see some of who you are in Christ. So I do see Christ-like character, but you're still not there yeah. and you'll never be there until you get on the other side of eternity. So I just want to be a part of, I'm inspired by it. And I want to be along for that journey. Yeah. Uh, in that same vein, I read a book by Bob McNabb last year, Spiritual Multiplication yeah. in the Real World. Or actually, it was this year. What are years anymore? Yeah, that's right. Um, but he said a similar thing to uh, singles who are in the dating sphere. He hmm. said, take a look at the last year of that person's life and examine were they actually living on mission or were they just talking about hey. living on mission? There you go. So that was very helpful. You also said in the sermon, you can almost always connect a lack of treasuring God's gift with a lack of treasuring God himself. Yeah. And then you said, your heart towards God ain't right. <laughs> and I think that's a really simple yep. rephrasing of that yeah. idea that you just said. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the whole thing there is I just, I don't want us to just try harder. I want us to try, but I want us to try harder from the right heart. Yeah. Um, and that right heart is saying, look, you're just, you're just not, you're not going to treasure God's gifts. You're just going to work yourself through guilt and shame, fear, whatever kind of pressure, unless your heart towards God is, is correct. And uh, at least is pursuing him first. And when that's right, when you understand the giver of this gift that is romantic love, you understand the one who gives it to you actually gives you a more powerful love. And the romantic love is actually just a, like I think I said, week one, an instructional shadow mm-hmm. of uh, true love. Um, and that true love is divine love, man. If you'll get your heart right there, oh, the work that will then have it will actually be easier mm-hmm. to appreciate and love um, your spouse yeah. or this person. It, that'll be easier and it'll be better and yeah. more lasting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one other thing, you had this great one-liner. And I mean, it was one of those, you said it and everyone in the room went, mm. And so, you know, it's really impactful, but it was just one brief sentence. You said we often like in our culture, we have public weddings, uh-huh. but we have private marriages. And I oh. was wondering how that fell on the ears of some people who are like, well, yeah, my marriage should be private. Right. And so I wanted to know if you could speak more into what you meant by that, because it, it definitely felt like another call for a gospel centered community. Yeah. But it was such a quick catchy right. What's the, oh, a sticky <laughs> phrase. It was a sticky yeah, yeah, phrase. Yeah. Yeah. This always happens to me, by the way. I do all this work to, I, I like to manuscript out my sermons, especially where in the stage room where we're preaching uh, multiple times uh, on a Sunday. So I just like that to make sure we get the same general message out. But then as you're praying, part of the preaching is just kind of like 
following the spirit in the moment. And, um, that's part of it. That's a, that's a whole bunch of it. And that was one of those that it ain't in my notes. And I just <laughs> was like, Hey, this is what I'm trying to get across here. Yeah. And, and also I think it comes from a place of me having done so many weddings, seen so many just happy, joyful, big room filled celebrations yeah. around the people that love them the most. And I'm like, this is right and good. And then people struggle in their marriages and they don't tell anybody about it. Yeah. And they silently struggle and, oh my goodness, what a weight to try and yeah. carry. Whether that's th- because of a conflict or I've seen couples struggle because of um, grief, like they're mourning of the loss of a child, yeah. you know, or something like that. And they just struggle privately. Right. And I'm like, gosh, this is just a, my word there was not public marriage in terms of let me air all my junk. In fact, you should right. honor your spouse right. and you should not be dogging your spouse in public. We'll keep talking about that in the series, but um, you should have people who see your marriage, mm-hmm. who know what's going on. Um, that it, and not just the two of you who have a good understanding of what's going on and you're just interacting in community with others. Yeah. I promise you people are smart. All, all people are, and they pick up on things that are healthy mm-hmm. and things that are not healthy. And if you got good friends, good friend will pull you aside and say, Hey man, I'm kind of noticing a pattern there. Mm-hmm. Um, you okay? You guys yeah. okay? What's going on? So just live your life in community. Yeah. I think that's the the quick way to, to summarize that. Not isolate. It's not just fake community where right. we attend a Bible study once a week. Yes. True community where we're like known and know others, you know? Yeah. What would your advice be to those who are, they're hearing these sermons, they're picking up on these things and in love, they want to call out their friend mm. or they want to call out their spouse or the person they're in a relationship with, but they are scared yep. of handling conflict. All right. Here, here be my couple of things. Cause I think this is going to happen. First thing I would say is a solid week and there's nothing special about the seven days. Um, but I just think it's a, a start of a timeline, a solid week of prayer and probably fasting. Mm-hmm. I've seen the Lord use that, which he calls us to mm-hmm. so many times to soften is crazy, soften our own hearts. Like we then all of a sudden get the the proper, like we're not judgy. Mm-hmm. We got this proper like fear of the moment that we're stepping into, like speaking on behalf of God, which is kind of what we're stepping into there. But then also I've seen the Lord prepare the receiver, the recipient of this. Mm, that's so good. In ways that like it had nothing to do with me. All I did was just start praying and fasting. Right, right. right. Um, so I want to first encourage that. Um, if it's your spouse, you feel like you need to talk to, if you have a friend, uh, uh, another guy or another girl, you can talk that through in a way that you've got a, there, there's a circle of trust and everything there that you feel like, yeah, I can do this. This wouldn't violate my spouse's trust to do this. Then you should yeah. um, just because there's some things that we do if we in grace and in love in order to go through uh, marriage. We just got to be able to say, you know what? I'm not, I'm, I'll just wear that one and we'll move on and I'll forgive and go because we can't just be in conflict all the time. Yeah. Um, but some things are going to need to be addressed for sure. And that's yeah. where I would say prayer and fasting, try and get some counsel if it would be in a way that wouldn't violate your spouse's trust mm-hmm. to do that. Which means if you're not in that space right now, go ahead and build that where yeah. you say to my spouse, hey, uh, Courtney, I've got these three guys that are in our community group. Yeah. I'm going to like, what what's the boundaries of what I can talk with them on everything else? Yeah. And then you go to them humbly, um, as humbly as you can, truth and love, um, just 
anticipate like starting, if you want to get into the actual script of the conversation, I would say start with uh, yourself, how you're feeling, um, recognizing that you are a sinner and don't fake that. Like, hey, I know, you know, I sometimes sin too. Like it happened in 1986, mm-hmm. but not since then. <laughs> um, but just in realness, hey, this is something, this is how it felt to me. Uh, I love you. And I'm only sharing this in love and the effect that this action or these words had on me. And that's in the spirit of scripture and Matthew 18. And that's going to be Lord willing. If your spouse is trying to follow Jesus, it's going to be well received. But yeah. yeah. Pray. That's great. That's a great word there. Well, that's all we have time for on this episode of The Bench. Before we get out of here, I did just want to recap your five characteristics of a godly man. Oh, yeah. Non-exhaustive list, but a godly man demonstrates and pursues Christ-like character. A godly man uses his words to build up. A godly man has a godly reputation among his peers. A godly man treasures the woman God gives to him. And a godly man creates security for his wife. So if you want to hear the full sermon, if you're listening to this, but you have not yet heard the full sermon, we encourage you to go to mercycharlotte.com slash sermons or to search Mercy Church Podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and you can listen to that full sermon there. But that is all we have time for. So in the coming weeks, if you guys want to send us your questions, we would love to hear what you are wondering about as we go through the series. We'll see you guys next week. All right. All right.